today, I'll be speaking with Kenny Goldman, the co-founder at Kicksaw and founder and host of SalesTO, one of the largest recurring sales meetups in North America. Kenny is not only an amazing community catalyst, he also has the unique perspective of having landed all three of his sales jobs via Twitter. You're really going to enjoy this conversation. Welcome to Seller's Journey, the podcast where we speak to great sales reps and leaders and share their real stories from start to sales success. Hi, everyone. I'm Joseph Fung, and today we're chatting with Kenny Goldman. Kenny, how are you? I'm doing well. It's a beautiful morning, and I'm looking forward to being on the podcast today. Likewise, you have such a fun journey, and I know we've chatted so many times at SalesTO. Uh, I'm so glad to get the chance to dig into details. Thank you for joining us. Of course. Thanks for having me. Uh, so we started off uh, co-founder at Kicksaw. Uh, I know you've worked with a ton of companies that are absolutely incredible, but maybe you could start off by helping our audience. What does Kicksaw do? What's the elevator pitch? Sure. It's super simple. Uh, we are fractional, fractional sales or revenue ops. So we come into companies, help them either at, uh, depending on the stage they're at, stand up and build the fundamental aspects of their sales and revenue ops functions, or go into an existing teams and help augment and elevate their existing processes in tech stack to support the continued scale or growth of that organization. That sounds like you've got some high stakes responsibilities there. Uh, how do you balance that with your, your work of hosting and running sales TO? Yeah, the, the, the good news is, is you surround yourself with great people. And a lot of the times the work itself doesn't necessarily fall on you. So I've um, been fortunate to work with the team over at TechTO, which is, you know, another, another meetup. And they've been growing tremendously here in Toronto and partnered with them four years ago to help oversee a lot of the background aspects of SalesTO. Things like volunteers, venues, ordering food, some of the sponsorship conversations, volunteer, oh, I said volunteers, and, and other, other administrative aspects. And that's given me the ability to focus solely on speakers and content, the things that I enjoy the most. Now, I, I want to get back to this topic of the speakers and the ecosystem, because I think there's some really good subject, uh, subject matter to dig into. But we do try to focus on people's stories. So maybe we can rewind you know, back to the, the earlier days in your career. Uh, could you start off? Where where'd you go to school? Uh, and... Maybe you could start off by by sharing a little bit around how you landed your first job, because your, your first role at Vidyard there is such an interesting story. So maybe you can help us out with that. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I went to school at uh, Wilfrid Laurier University out in Waterloo, uh, Kitchener. Mm-hmm. Um, but before my first job at Vidyard, I actually started working when I was a teenager at a telemarketing gig. So I was making you know your hundreds of calls a day. Uh, trying to sell people windows and doors um, when I was as young as 13 years old. Is that legal? I don't know. But um, <laughs> that uh, that helped me develop some some thick skin uh, because 99.99% of the time you're getting rejected. And so you kind of get used to, to rejection. I think that was my first entrance really into sales, trying to convince someone over the phone to have someone that they don't know visit their house to inspect their windows and doors. <laughs> Uh, not easy to do, especially someone that uh, is just past puberty and probably doesn't have, uh, doesn't sound much like uh, an adult. So, so was, how did that go? How, how'd you do in that role? You know, it 
more than anything, I think I developed responsibility at such a young age. You know, you, mm. you have a shift, you start at 6 p.m., you work till 9, 9.30 p.m. Uh, on weekends and weekdays. And so, uh, sorry, weekdays only, and then weekends you'd work from like a 9 a.m. to, to you know, like 2 p.m. type shift. And um, very few 13, 14, 15-year-olds are doing that. And uh, I did it with a couple friends, so it made life a little bit easier. And actually found different jobs. I applied to newer ones, more modern ones, more sophisticated ones that had better tools and better management. And uh, it was kind of my first foray into having a responsibility, having a job, earning some sort of income, depositing that, and, and managing my own money. And so I developed a lot of skills early on that way. Um, and it felt good to be in control of the money I made. Right. And, and uh, being able to spend money at such a young age on things that I wanted rather than have to focus on money for my parents or, you know, birthday money or things like that. Nice. nice. So that was good. And then from there, I actually moved into a retail gig at a company called The Running Room. If anyone's familiar with The Running Room, uh, they sell running apparel and, and, and food, everything devoted to um, athletes, primarily runners and walkers. And, uh, managed you know the opening of a store um and was just very active at that store and once again that gave me experience selling being in front of people talking to them educating them um and just developing that skill set of how to hold a conversation um how to engage people how to present different uh different things like you know new apparel new shoes how to explain things in a way that uh, appealed to to their interests and then finally Went to Laurier for uh, business uh, bachelor administration, um, concentrated in entrepreneurship. And uh, the way I got into Vidyard was um, I, I was always eager to just find a job, get a job. I always felt that like maintaining a job was, I guess, the, the best practice or conventional. At the mm -hmm. time, you know, it wasn't because very few people I knew had a job in, in the third year of university. But I found on Twitter that, Vidyard was hosting a recruiting event. Unbeknownst to me, it was solely an engineering recruiting event. Like you walk in the door and you sit down <laughs> to the right and there's a coding test. And uh, it was primarily engineers there. And, and they're, you know, they're just focused on engineers, right? As a lot of early stage companies are. But I walked in there being the only sales person slash marketing person there. Walked right up to Mike Litt. I said, hey, Mike, you don't know me, uh, but I found this event here's my, you know, here's my resume. I'm interested in, in working for you. And I think he was so shocked. I, I don't think he knew what to say at that time because what's a sales guy at the university can't even work full time doing it an engineering event. Uh, so he introduced me to one of their only sales roles at the company, Dan Wardle, um, to chat with me. And I, I almost think out of, out of um, guilt, they brought me in for an interview. <laughs> So to, to make sure that I get this right, you go to the engineering recruiting event, walk up to the CEO, tell him you want to work for him, uh, and they feel guilty enough that they give you an interview. <laughs> is, is this right? Pretty much. It was, it was naive, you know, naivety at, at its best, right? Uh, not knowing what was going on, but just doing it, um, being a go-getter. And so it landed me that interview, and uh, they initially said no. Mike's like, I have you know, no use for a kid who's in school who can't even work here full time, you, you know, you'd be part time. You don't even know what days you're available because you don't know what classes you're in next semester. So how, how do you expect me to hire you? So I finally said, I'll do it for free. Um, so no laptop. I brought my own Sony laptop, clunky Sony laptop. And I came to the office almost 
as much as I could, uh, skipped classes, and I was trying to be there full time every single day um, wow. for um, for three months until finally I was actually you know doing work. I was uh, converting leads. I was you know reaching out to uh, inbounds as quick as I could in class, sending someone an email as I saw they came through Salesforce that uh, you know they appreciated my hustle. They liked the fact that I wanted to work hard and had a work ethic and offered me the co-op role for that summer. And so then I became actually full-time paid in a role at Vidyard after that three-month free stint. Okay, so a couple of a couple of questions. First off, uh, you mentioned how you, you came across uh, this this meetup. Is is that where Twitter kind of falls into the, the story of landing your role at Vidyard? Exactly, yeah. I had no idea who Vidyard was until I saw them being active on Twitter and, and Mike was active on Twitter. And so that that uh, that was the introduction to Vidyard at the time for me. Okay, so uh, now I can get a better idea of this image. You know, we've got this kind of university student, learns about the startup, you know, on, on Twitter, attends the event, convinces them to bring them on. Uh, what did they have you do? I, I'm trying to imagine myself in the role of, you know, having somebody with so much, you know, moxie and drive and enthusiasm. Uh, and I confess, I, I don't know what I would have them do in that role. Uh, what did they have you working on? Yeah, I think at that time for Vidyard, it was just prospect as much as you possibly can. Wow. And uh, they had lists upon lists of, you know, going to different events and people that they haven't touched base with or people that have signed up a while back that, you know, went cold. So they had thousands of people in lists in Salesforce who were just not even being nurtured, but they were just sitting there cold. So just started going through that list and started sending emails um, and touching a hundred people a day. Um, and, you know, it was a good opportunity for me to learn how to send emails. Uh, sometimes people would say, sure, give me a call. And I'd have to call them uh, and pitch the product and pitch, you know, who Vidyard was. And so it was a really good introduction into learning everything I possibly could about the company, about what they do, about why Vidyard was unique in the market, who the competitors were. Uh, and none of that was provided to me. It was very much ask a million questions or do a ton of research online to find those answers because every, everyone was wearing multiple hats at the time. No, mm -hmm. you, to, to put this in perspective, I was there as, um, that, at, if, had I been a full-time employee, that would have been employee number like 14. Wow, so that was early. very, very small team. Yeah, it was, you know, since you're familiar with them, it was when they moved out of the greenhouse into, uh, into their first kind of office, uh, literally a month after they moved from the greenhouse. That, that's, an, that's an exciting time. Uh, that's a, a good point in their history. Very fun. Yeah, yeah, team. It was, it was exciting to be around them at that time. Now, it's clear at that time, not beyond just the fun, you learned a lot. Uh, and this is a great story of a first role while you're at school. Uh, you had graduated before you landed your role at Hired, though, right? Correct, yeah. So I, what I did was work for free for a few months, did my co-op in the summer. And then what I presented to Michael at the CEO was at, at the not exactly at the end, but near the end of my co-op stint, um, what I had done is I'd actually moved all my courses to either online courses mm -hmm. or evening courses, hmm. six or seven to 9 PM or 9.30. And I pitched the concept of a full-time role with Mike to Mike um, before then in my co-op and kind of presented my schedule and said, I can already commit to a full-time gig. Um and I'd been doing well in my co-op, so we went forward. So my fourth year of university, I was working full-time at Vidyard. 
full-time at school with the exception of, I think Fridays was the only day I had to have a class at like two to five. So I'd, I'd leave half day on Friday um, and then pick up the slack over the weekend, responding to emails or prepping emails for Monday. Otherwise I was there full-time uh, Monday to Thursday, 7.30 till 5, 6 p.m. as late as I could possibly stay before I had to go to class. That's a crazy workload. I'm impressed. That's a ton of work. And it was ironically my best year. I think being so busy required me to be proactive, prepare, not waste any moment I had. So uh, it was actually my best performing year in school. And I had an amazing time and, and uh, learned a lot at Vidyard. Uh, I can imagine how the the time management skills that you pick up as a sales rep helped out in the schooling as well. So yeah, I, I can imagine that. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so I was there uh, just to finish up my, my time at Vidyard. I was there. I graduated. Uh, and then I stuck around Bidyard for, I think, another eight or 10 months um, and just learned a lot and, and met a lot of amazing people uh, before I, I took the leap to Hired. Now, you mentioned how you landed your, your role at Hired as well as at Helpful via Twitter. Maybe you could share those stories. You know, how, did, how did those opportunities uh, come to be? Yeah, I actually landed a ton of opportunities through, uh, through Twitter. A very interesting one that not many people know um, is there's a guy by the name of Heaton Shaw. He was one of the co-founders of Kissmetrics. He, uh, he's, you know, pretty influential in, in San Francisco and just a product marketer, a, a growth marketer, and, and he, he just writes a lot of great content. And, uh, you know, there was more of a lurker on Twitter than anything, but one time he posted the need for some help doing a research project. And I just happened to respond to him faster than anyone on Twitter that day. And he brought me in and we did a post on does Slack have product market fit back in 2015 uh, when wow. Slack was really just trying. And I got to develop a really good relationship with Heaton and a few other people. And uh, you can find it on that online. Just go to Heaton Shaw Slack Research Project. And basically we distributed a, um, a type form survey or was it SurveyMonkey to eight, 900 people. Uh, through his connections and what very little connections I had around people's thoughts and, and product market fit of Slack. And then I compiled all the research, presented all the responses to him, and then he wrote it up with a content marketer. Um, so that was an amazing opportunity for me to see how a lot of that stuff is done and work with someone who's brilliant. And that was solely through Twitter. And he's been an uh, invaluable resource and friend as I've kind of built my career and presented ideas to him and, and picked his brain. And anytime I visit San Francisco, he's always a good person to connect with. But through Hired, I, uh, I noticed that um, one of the early employees, a guy by the name of Andre Cheroux, who mm -hmm. comes from Canada initially, was looking to open the Toronto office in the Canadian presence of Hired. And so he was active on Twitter, posting it, posting the roles. And once again, naively, the role was for like a GM. And I'm like, I'm no GM, but I know the Toronto market pretty well, and I know people, and I know startups, and you know, I think I think I can add value to this company. And so I applied, and I think once again he liked my tenacity, and I uh, reached out to him, email, Twitter, any possible way I can get in touch with with uh, with him. I did so, and finally got a response, um, and and went through the actual formal interview process, and landed the the, uh, the first sales role that they hired in Canada. That's fantastic. So, yeah, you've you've worked some, uh, dare I say, uh, kind of titans uh, in the the tech and the sales tech space. I mean, uh, Heaton, Michael, Andre, all remarkable people, and you you get the chance to run this incredible meetup event. So maybe we can 
kind of step a little bit from just the individual roles for a brief moment and and touch briefly on the the, the meetup itself. You also spoke about bringing in speakers from out of town. Can you share a bit about why that's so important? And also just how do you make it happen? Yeah. So SalesTO for me was at the time an opportunity for me to develop my public speaking skills. Very few people cared about what Kenny Goldman had to say. And even today, right? It's, it's what are a lot of the practitioners doing out there. But at the time, I had no, no platform of which to speak from. And I felt that I lacked that, that skill. And so I figured if I could bring together a smart, reputable panel of speakers in, in the sales community, which I know, then I'll be able to be on stage beside them and have some format to, 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 to present or talk to people. Uh, and so that was kind of the impetus for sales TO. There was, of course, a lack of you know a sales community and a presence in Toronto. But more than that, for me, it was just an opportunity to build my network, meet some people, have an excuse to reach out to some awesome sales leaders, and be in front of a, a um, audience for which I can you know practice speaking. So that was the uh, initial thought process around sales TO. And initially, it was not about finding people abroad. It was around, great, let's collect, connect the local talent, let's expose some amazing thought leaders and influencers, and let's present new ideas and concepts to people who are up and coming in their careers or who've been in sales for a while who uh, haven't, you know, haven't been privy to some of the more modern uh, principles and concepts and technologies and whatnot. So that pattern of, of continuous development, uh, it's been so prevalent in your journey there from your, your role at Vidyard, she said, launching sales to you. Uh, yeah, to learn and build your own public speaking skills. If we were to reflect that back to a broader audience, you know, people that are trying to build their own careers now, what would be some of the areas that you commonly see deficiencies? Or another way to put it, you speak to so many sales reps. Where are the patterns of gaps? So where could people differentiate themselves in today's market? Yeah, I think I, I think the resources are all available. I think it just requires the willpower and desire to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many books out there that talk about a lot of amazing concepts that help people in sales. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with sales itself, um, but it has to do with talking to people, presenting ideas, sharing thoughts, helping people open up. And th- th- these all relate to sales, but they're not directly um, or only sales concept or principle Um, like influence by Robert Cialdini is a great book that talks about, you know, those types of concepts in in psychology and getting people to talk. The mom test is another great example of a book where it teaches you how to present ideas in an unbiased manner, right? You love your product, you love what you sell, but not everyone does. Most people don't actually. So how are you able to uh, communicate you know, the value prop and concepts of what you're selling in a way that doesn't sound like you're pitching. And then of course, there's all the amazing sales books out there too um, that I've read. But I think, you know, number one is there's a ton of resources out there that can help people improve their abilities and their, uh, their grammar and, and, and concepts to use that I think don't, many people don't take advantage of. No, I love how you, you start off by, mentioning how these aren't necessarily sales specific skills. Um, they're, they're about other areas, but also in another conversation, we actually spoke about the importance of sales skills, like that background, the mindset 
in founding and running a company. Mm-hmm. So for those people in a sales role who are looking at tech companies, um, maybe you can expand on that a little bit. Why is it so critical to, to the success of a company? Yeah, I think a lot of the success of the company is getting out in front of the right people in mm-hmm. how you get out in front of the right people and how you get them to respond and how you get them to engage in a conversation is going to open up a lot of doors for you to learn about what you're building, about your market, about what people think about what you're building. And so, you know, first and foremost is you're solving a problem at a tech company. Oftentimes, a problem you've experienced, a problem you know someone uh, someone else has experienced, and you often have a ton of different hypotheses around how people react, how people act, how people experience those pain points, how valuable um, are solving those pain points. And the only way to really test them is talk to people early on, right? It takes time to build a product, takes time to get something out of the market. I think it's so important that you develop the skills needed to be able to talk to people outside of your, your immediate circle, your network, how to find people, how to prospect, how to reach out, how to communicate your thoughts, how to, how to incite some sort of curiosity out of someone and be able to relate and resonate with some of their pains and their problems. And those skills, I think, help propel and accelerate the early phases of a company to get to a point where you can get early users or early customers and actually use that as leverage to, you know, hit critical mass inside of a market. Obviously, I'm oversimplifying things and skipping things, but I think, you know, product will get you pretty far, certainly. But I think at the end of the day, you have to back that up with uh, with discussions and research and um in, in conversations and relationships. I love the thought. And I love how deliberate you are about uh, not just your own improvement, but you know, the way you, you guide people to that, uh, that ongoing sense of improvement. If we could cast our eyes forward for a little bit, uh, what are you working on next? You know, do, if I dare ask, what area of your own work or your own business are you working on improving next? Yeah. So I've, um, I, uh, I recently read a book. Oh, it's escaping my mind. Um, the, um, the negotiation book by um, Chris Voss. That was it. Um, he was a former uh, Never Split the Difference mm-hmm. uh, former negotiator, um, and uh, a lot of what I'm working on is uh, learning how to present or sell services. My, my business is a services business. We don't have a product. Um, we don't have the same scalability as a product. And there's this negative connotation that people have with services business or with consultants in general. And understanding how to address a lot of those objections or those negative uh, initial impressions or perceptions of services or consultants is something that I'm focused on. Uh, furthermore, I'm also focused on another aspect of sales, which is less selling to uh, new users or Uh new customers and focusing on existing customers. A lot of our business as consultants is the ongoing relationship we have with people. And how do you maintain that relationship? How do you strengthen that relationship? Uh, And how do you build that rapport as quick as possible? Because the more you develop a relationship, we all know that people buy through emotions, uh, the the better likelihood that they'll want us to continue to support them, work with them, and continue to add that value. But if they don't like us, as humans, as, as partners, then the likelihood that they'll continue to speak, at, speak at the, about their problems or where we can help out, um, you know, it, it, we won't get those opportunities as much. 
Kenny, this is remarkable. I know that I, I promised we wouldn't take up too much time. Uh, you okay if we go through a couple of really quick questions, the rapid fires before we wrap up? Let's do it. Okay. So uh, first off, just some contact information. You are incredibly well-connected uh, and you've got some great thoughts. If people want to reach out to you or to Kicksaw, where would they find you? Uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, very active on either of those. Easy to find, Kenny Goldman. Uh, so it's probably a good starting place to get in touch with me. Awesome. Uh, and if people are interested in learning more about SalesTO and coming out to these incredible meetups, where would they learn more? SalesTO.org has all the information you need there. I'll, of course, always post it on Twitter and LinkedIn as well. So many of my posts are related to upcoming events or speakers, things of that nature. Uh, so you can easily find any information on my on the site or uh, through my social handles. And I'll make sure we grab those links and put them into the description of this episode. So if you're listening in, check out the description of the episode to find those links that Kenny shared. Um, a couple of rapid fire questions, and then we can let you get back to uh, all the fantastic work. Uh, tools. Everybody's always curious about tools. What is your favorite sales tool? It's a good question. Um, we're not your typical SaaS company where we're inundated with tools and using every single tool. We're actually trying to limit the amount of tools we use until we validate it and, and use the right tools. But we are using a few tools. Um, and recently, I've been spending some a lot more time in Gong. Um, mm. Only because I can't be on every single call that we have with customers. And um, I think it's so valuable to give feedback and to, to hear how other team members are performing. And so I use that um, as, as any opportunity I get to listen. Uh, rather than a podcast or, or music, I'll try to listen to some gong calls uh, to see where there's opportunities for us to improve. And everything is always easier in, in hindsight, right? So as I'm listening to things, I can pause and take time to take some notes or re-listen to certain uh, portions of the call. But right now, I'm spending a lot of my time inside of gong being able to, uh, I think it's like nuggets of, of gold uh, is the way I'm phrasing it in being able to identify areas that, you know, one person may have struggled in or a complicated question that now I can present to the whole team and everyone knows how to address it and, and feel comfortable with that type of question. That's fantastic. Uh, that's such a great recommendation, especially given all of the attention to continuous improvement. So thank you. Um, of course. Uh, outside of work though, uh, I know that we're not going to the theaters very much while everyone's uh, working from home, but uh, what's what's your favorite movie overall? Yeah, I think my favorite movie is, um, I've always had an affinity towards uh, Forrest Gump. Love the movie. I love Tom Hanks. I think many people love the movie. It's a fantastic movie, but um, always just love that movie. And anytime I see it on TV, I can happily rewatch it. Uh, at this point, I've seen it many more times than I can count, but uh, it's a fantastic movie. Uh, and then casting your mind back uh, to your, your youngest years, when you were a kid, what did you want to grow up to be? I don't think I had any crazy aspirations, um, to be honest. I've always been very interested in psychology and uh, helping people think through problems and helping understand their problems. So that's always very much appealed to me, something that I've always wanted an area of interest that I've wanted to get into. So psychology has been something that... Uh, that probably as a kid, in, at the time, I didn't know what psychology was, but uh, working with people and, and uh, helping people through, think through some, some problems or um, areas of uncertainty and, uh, and just communicating with people. I, I love any interaction I get with, with an individual or someone that I know or don't know. Um, always energized, 
always feeling good at the end of it. So uh, it definitely has to do with people. What a delightful answer. Hey, thank you so much for such a great conversation. This has been a blast. Thank you, Joseph. I, I've loved it as well. Always having a great conversation with you and, and love what you and the team are doing at Uvaro. So uh, appreciate your support uh, to the you know, Toronto sales community and uh, uh, what you've got going on here. Well, thank you. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to getting a chance to continue this conversation in person uh, once the events are again back in person. But in the meantime, I hope you're enjoying the, the summer weather, staying safe, and uh, hoping you're having a great time. Definitely. I, I'm trying to, yes, as much as I can soak up the sun. Great stuff. We'll chat soon, Kenny. Take care. Thanks, Joseph.